Welcome to another edition of Inside the War Room. Ryan Ray here, as always. And today we have a interesting guest, a special guest. This came in from a uh, listener. Kevin sent this in to us. Um, wanted to talk about a story that is going on out in Midland with an organization called China Aid and its uh, founder, I believe, Bob Fu. Bob, uh, founder, president, uh, sponsor. Where, where are you at the organization to kind of give folks a little bit? We'll talk about what's going on, but what is China Aid, uh, first off? Yeah, China Aid is a nonpartisan, nonprofit NGO based in Midland, Texas, and Washington, D.C., uh, with a mission to walk with the persecuted faithful to advance religious freedom and rule of law for all in China by exposing the abuses of the persecution, by encouraging the abused, and equipping the leaders. Um, So that's our mission. So it was founded in the uh, city of Philadelphia uh, 18 years ago uh, after my wife and I were exiled uh, from China because of the religious persecution. And uh, our mission is really to be a voice for those voiceless uh, faithfuls uh, in China. Okay. And so um, one of the things that you know, uh, in the newsletter, I, I wrote about this yesterday about, you know, China being accepted to the, you know, human rights, uh, UN, United Nations Human Rights Council. And there's kind of this globally, for me, it's kind of frustrating, it, um, is that we, we try to pretend like the various nation states are really concerned about human rights, but you kind of, you, you kind of see how they, uh, at the elite level, the, poli- the political elite level is how they will act. And it doesn't really kind of jive with, with what they say. And China falls into that category where, um, China will be critical of what's going on in the U.S., but then they are sending the Uyghurs to these, you know, these learning these learning institutes, or or the Christians, or you know, you have uh, is it the New New Rain Church? I'm trying to think of the the, the church over there. Early Rain Covenant Church. Early, Early Rain Covenant Church. Yes, thank you. Um, and so you have these these organizations. And when I was in China last year, I remember going, um, and they asked me if I wanted to attend a church on Sunday, and I, I thought, no, I'm not going to because I wasn't exactly sure what the lay of the land was um, to attend a church that's kind of in the, the big thick of Beijing. So maybe walk people through just on the China side, what is, um, how is religion treated? What religions are acceptable? Which ones aren't acceptable? Are, are there any that are acceptable? Um, and what can, what can religious institutions or people of faith say in China while they are practicing their faith there? Yes, uh, Ryan, I mean, back to 20, Uh, Some four years ago, my wife and I were thrown into a prison in Beijing for being an underground church leader. And um, and, and now we have seen the President Xi Jinping not only target the underground church, the independent church, but also target the government-sanctioned, officially registered uh, so-called patriotic movement churches. I mean, right now, the religious freedom, human rights, freedom of speech, and all the kind of index of uh, freedom in China has uh, sank uh, really to the worst uh, in three, some decades. Uh, We have not seen uh, many of those persecutions, uh, the degree of persecution uh, that uh, since the Cultural Revolution. Uh, like, um, you know, on February the 1st in 2018, after Xi Jinping passed this uh, new regulation on religious affairs, that same day, over 10,000 churches were banned 
in one province, Henan province alone. I mean, basically hundreds of thousands of churches nationwide since then were being uh, totally banned, cracked down, and now the citizens, I mean, especially religious citizens, uh, Christians, Catholics, I mean, uh, Protestants, you know, churches, Catholic churches, and um, even, of course, the Buddhist, uh, Tibetan Buddhist, I mean, they are not even allowed to have their religious service or even a prayer meeting in their own homes. Mm -hmm. Just this uh, past two weeks, the early run covenant church, as you just mentioned, uh, one of the released uh, from prison uh, elder, Li Yongqiang, he was being kidnapped from his home uh, every two Sundays in a row. And he was tortured and um, already, you know, over uh, 200 of their members were detained. And the pastor, Pastor Wang Yi, was sentenced to nine years imprisonment uh, on the last day of uh, 2019 for the so-called uh, subversion of state power. Uh, what constitutes that subversion? One sermon mm -hmm. on his pulpit in mm -hmm. the church calling for Xi Jinping to repent. Yeah, well, that's I would to say, and that's, and, and just to kind of step in here, that's one of the things that I've been trying to talk to um, kind of the American audience um, is, is that you know, we have debates over what is hate speech and all this stuff in, in, in the U.S. And I've tried to point out that if you look at what's going on in Hong Kong, the, the, that the, the, the scary thing for the CCP is the idea of freedom getting out there. It's the, the protesters are, are one thing, but it's it's them vocalizing and, and saying thing. And in America, we understand that there is power in thoughts and ideas because you can kind of see a crack back on, um, you know, uh, different sorts of speech here in the U.S. But we really have lost the understanding that words do have power um, and, and, and that government leaders know this better than anyone else in the world. And so if you are a, a, you know, a Christian and you're saying that Jesus is Lord, or if you're a Muslim and you're present, uh, you're, um, you're pledging allegiance to Allah or I don't, a Buddhist, you know, if you have these conflicting worldviews, um, the, the, the more oppressive a regime is, the more sensitive they are to that stuff. In America, we've kind of, we've kind of forgotten that, that those words and thoughts are very powerful. Um, and, and you can see that this is why China is acting the way that they are. That's right, Ryan. I mean, many people ask me like uh, why this communist regime would uh, persecute this peaceful, you know, Christians and uh, Buddhists and uh, even, you know, those Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang. And um, I said, well, you know, uh, really because the Chinese communist ideology, you know, they're, they're not interested in the uh, pluralism, diversity, uh, they only interest, they're in, only interested in dominance, uh, monopoly, and uh, total control. And if any of your thought, even your thought in your mm -hmm. mind, is uh, seen as uh, independent of this total control in your synagogue, in your church, in your temples, mm -hmm. uh, then you are reg regarded as a political national security threat. Because uh, many, you know, Christians, the even during this uh, Communist Party pandemic virus, uh, the, they came to uh, help those victims uh, by risking their lives, and they are the first uh, group of responders to help. I mean, distribute distributing PPEs and uh, face masks, and yet uh, just because of doing that, they are subject for tremendous persecution now. 
And, uh, you know, Christians, we always uh, in China say, you know, one more church, one less prison, one mm. more Christian, one less criminal. You would think in any civil society, you would like to welcome, you know, the, like uh, in America, we have Chuck Carlson's prison fellowship, you know, the right. government and uh, NGOs, um, you know, civil society work together uh, for the common good. But no, the Communist Party treat that as a threat to its monopoly, to its uh, uh, tyranny. So this is uh, why I think the persecution is uh, intensified. Uh, the President Xi Jinping, basically his uh, rule model is uh, North Korea, Kim Jong-un. And he basically said that clearly. He does not want to have any voice uh, uh, you know, uh, different from the Communist Party's propaganda. No, and I think the I think so. One of the things that I, I'm curious your thoughts, and I want to talk about your case specifically after this. But one of the things, if you look at North Korea and you look at China, North Korea is has far more restrictions than China does. But they, if you if you talk to people who've been to North Korea, it's like going back into the '70s. They say because their their people are so poor, they're so impoverished, they don't have access to a lot of the modern things that we do. Um, and to live in that kind of thought control, you really have to restrict it. Whereas China, because they have opened up, it feels like they're trying to battle how fast they become more westernized. Um, and so I, I feel like some of these these crackdowns that we're seeing is because the the top brass of the CCP understands that. They, they've kind of opened the gates and they can't really stop it now without going back to what they were talk cultural revolution, go back to those kind of days and no one's going to tolerate that. So they're kind of stuck. They're trying to maybe slow the spread of free thought, free ideas, Christianity or Buddhism or, you know, Muslim or whatever it is. They're, they're, they're trying to slow the, 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 um, th slow that thought process. Uh, but they also, I don't think they actually can go back to what North Korea has because that, that ship's already to sail. What do you think about that? Well, you know, the Communist Party current leadership certainly is already engaging a mini cultural revolution already. I mean, you have seen the uh, citizen would receive uh, like 19 years in prison for tweeting like uh, forwarding 59 or 58 tweets, mm -hmm. 19 years imprisonment. I mean, you have seen, the, as you just mentioned, over a million Uyghurs are the modern concentration camp. I mean... Uh, so this is uh, certainly the model or their at least ideal they want to reach to back to the cultural revolution time. And uh, yes, now, you know, with uh, the limited uh, internet uh, kind of uh, access, uh, at least the regional the Chinese internet, and um, I think with the more international travel uh, travelers, it's harder for them to uh, make China, you know, back to the old uh, cultural revolution time. And uh, I mean, partially uh, also, I think uh, the China has come to this bad on their human rights right now is because of the appeasement over the past two decades, ever since uh, President Bill Clinton, you remember lobbied China uh, to get a, a lobbied Congress to give China the PNTR. Remember that day? Well, it's the, funny. We, I, you mentioned that. WTO. We just uh, had our U.S.-China roundtable, and I read from Brookings um, on May 12th, whatever it was, and they were quoting they were, they were they were quoting Bill Clinton talking about that. So 20 years ago, back in May, is 20 years ago that Clinton was petitioning for that, and and now here we are, 20 years later, and it, it, the times have changed um, quite dramatically. Yeah, and the UN, uh, UN Human Rights Council, the yesterday's vote by uh, getting China 
you know, uh, the, these countries, these rogue, really the worst human rights violators into the World Human Rights Council, the body that, uh, you know, supposed to be some, some uh, kind of represent the, the human rights standard. It's just a joke, right? I mean, it's like in 1930s, you invite Hitler's Nazi Germany into the <laughs> right. human rights you know, uh, console to right. examine other countries' human rights record. Right. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the story that broke. Um, let's see here. This is from October 5th, looks like. From uh, the one I have is from News West 9. It says, China aid founder, target of protesters with possible tie, ties to Chinese Communist Party. So someone sent this to me, and, and they said, what do you think about this? And I said, well, just to be clear, there's 100 million members of the Chinese Communist Party. So to have ties to it, I probably have ties. Matter of fact, I know people who their family members are in the CCP. So I have ties. If you're saying the word ties, that doesn't mean a whole lot. In, in when Because in the U.S. term, we think ties, we're thinking like you really have connections. But from the Chinese standpoint, to have ties to someone in the CCP really doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. It could. But why don't you just break down this headline? And um, so obviously, you know, people in the CCP uh, because there's just a lot of folks in the CCP, but maybe distinguish for our American audience how many people there are and kind of the, the wide swath of, of people that are in the CCP. And um, when we think CCP, we think Xi Jinping, as you mentioned, but there's just average folks that are just walking around and their allegiance to the CCP isn't the same. Yes, um, Ryan, it's, uh, it's very surreal. I mean, I, I, I know our freedom, our ministry, our work in helping the freedom fighters in China uh, make us an enemy of the state by, you know, in the eyes of the Chinese Communist Party and Chinese government. Uh, the regime uh, is not a fan of me and China aid. Mm. But I have never thought that uh, one day I, my full family had to be evacuated from our own home uh, with uh, this credible threat uh, by our law enforcement. Uh, basically, uh, now still we had to be in hiding um, kind of under the law enforcement protection uh, from West Texas. Um, mm. So this is a really uh, a shock initially because um, I have never had any dealings with the guy from New York, this billionaire, Miles Kwok, uh, who made the threat against uh, me and my family and our, our ministry. And uh, because I had never, you know, worked with him, for him, or no public uh, uh, dispute or, you know, in fact, when he came to the U.S. in 2017, uh, when he first, uh, like, uh, exposing uh, some stories of uh, corruption for communist regime in China, I actually praised him. I supported him on my social media. But all of a sudden, I mean, uh, first from uh, January 5th of this year, he started uh, uh, just attacking me and Ai Weiwei, another uh, dissident, uh, you know, perhaps China's most famous artist who designed the Olympic Stadium, uh, the net, uh, you, know, uh, the, 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 you know, the nester, the bird nest. And uh, with uh, all these uh, slanderous lies, and um, I certainly report to the FBI and the law enforcement, but I have never thought um, in September 26th, that was the first day when I was uh, about to really step on the stage uh, at National Mall in Washington, D.C., 
uh, to speak for a rally called the Return, a prayer, a global prayer rally with thousands of people. You know, uh, over there, my wife called me and said, oh, you know, mobs came to our house, uh, in front of our house, shouting slogans and accusing me as a CCP spy, as a, a, a fake pastor and a human smuggler, all these uh, outlandish uh, lies and, and uh, kind of slanders and uh, threatening my family. Uh, and then, you know, this uh, guy started issuing more threats, more threats. And on uh, October 5th, um, they started gathering like, uh, you know, 20, 30, and the, 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 the biggest number, you know, is uh, over 50, several busloads of his uh, followers gathered in front of my home. And today's the 11th day. Uh, those uh, mobs are continuing gathering in front of uh, our house and our peaceful neighbor, um, uh, basically with these lies. Um, so it's a very sophisticated, uh, well-founded, uh, well-organized, uh, uh, he called it global elimination uh, and killing enemy uh, or traitors campaign. I mean, they use the name of like, uh, oh, uh, remove uh, the, the uh, CCP spies from the U.S. Uh, and so the guy you mentioned, he's uh, Steve Bannon's buddy, right? That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's another thing. Make it very strange. Like, uh, you know, uh, Steve Bannon uh, is known for anti-communist. And then this guy is targeting, I mean, with the hate list, most of the those are overseas dissidents, democracy activists, and uh, you know, freedom fighters like myself. And uh, so we're the true right enemy uh, to, to the Communist Party. And, uh, but he's now, you know, what's going on? I mean, this, uh, this guy all of a sudden start uh, issuing this threats against us. I mean, the, not only me, in, in like 10 cities globally, you know, you have Los Angeles, New York City, uh, the Washington DC, you have Canada, you have uh, Taiwan, you have Japan, you have New Zealand, Australia. So it's a global uh, harassment, he called it elimination of his enemies campaign with violence already committed uh, that he was uh, clearly directly encouraging his followers to engage. Um, so I think that's why the law enforcement, including the FBI, are very serious. Uh, they, they, they are all concerned. I have been communicating with the National Security Council, senior leader next to President Trump. Of course, uh, the Secretary Pompeo's top advisors and uh, several bureaus, uh, they are all very, very concerned. And so let's just maybe, one thing that, that we should probably point out here is, is I'm looking at your Twitter feed now and we'll link to that. It's um, at uh, Bob Fu for China um, is that let's just say hypothetically that you were a spy. Let's just tease that for a second. Your Twitter feed would have to be erased at some point because of the things that you're saying about the CCP. So it, it, what I'm saying is that it's, this is not um, you are so public in your criticism of China that if you were to turn out to be a spy, and, you know, at some point in the future, it would be a hard sell. The the uh, the the CCP could not openly embrace you and bring you back in because of the things that you've said. And so it's it, you're going about it an odd way. I'm just <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like it's, 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 it's a very it's a very odd way to go about it, to be so public about it. 
It is like uh, insane, a crazy accusation. I mean, I'm an uh, American citizen and I have uh, basically, you know, uh, built a, a very, you know, very uh, 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 credibility uh, that uh, in the whole world that, um, you know, we are fighting for freedom in China. We rescued many uh, the persecuted faithfuls and uh, their family members. And uh, even today, we're still engaging uh, the uh, rescue effort, um, you know, despite of this attack. So it's just uh, so crazy. So that's why I, I said this is a very sophisticated campaign. Mm. There, uh, somehow Beijing found um, this guy is very useful or he's uh, being actively collaborating with uh, Beijing and try to basically uh, make this as a, his accomplishment. I know he's uh, applying for asylum. He's desperate. He was denied. He wanted to uh, make something happen, uh, maybe to prepare his de deportation so that he can get some scores in front of the CCT. Um, so, I mean, that's that could be a scenario. Yeah, and I want to circle back around some, because when I was in China, one of our um, one of our translators was a Communist Party member. And so what I was saying a minute ago is that we all, if you do business or work with China at all, you all have ties to the CCP, but that does not mean, it's not like saying you have ties to the White House, right? So that's, and so that, that, that's an important distinction for people to make that, that having ties to the CCP doesn't mean a whole lot. As a matter of fact, when I was, I, I, I got detained briefly. I had a um, lock blade oh. knife in a public space. I didn't know it was against the law. So I got, had to go with this thing. And so my, one of our translators was a, um, was a communist party member. And so they were talking. So, you know, the, the headline could be written about me that I have ties to the CCP, but that's not really what we think of it as American. That's part of the problem that Americans have is trying to understand what these headlines mean and what these terms mean. And it kind of goes to, there's a lot of work to be done between American and Chinese national on the citizen level to understand the different cultural nuances and these terms and these, um, you know, these political parties and how they work. And it makes it very difficult when, you know, someone in West Texas reads the story because when they think CCP, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is the worst. Well, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean much, but it's something that Americans um, you know, can use to target Chinese nationals and to really cast them into a bad light without it meaning a whole lot necessarily. Well, but this guy is different. He's not just sure. like, oh, I just, uh, you know, had uh, done some business in China, has to get a collaboration and cooperation from the government. Right. I mean, from multiple public uh, sources, including himself, they all confirmed uh, that uh, he was uh, working for the Chinese state uh, security agency, like uh, the MSS. And uh, he even bragged about it, uh, that he got three times he got an award for his accomplishment and he uh i mean the communist party's uh, propaganda also confirmed that uh, in a sense by arresting his buddy the deputy minister of uh, ministry of state security mr ma jian uh through whom and with him whom he made his billion dollars you know billion, make him a billionaire so i mean this is a not he's not an ordinary businessman he, right. he's certainly uh he's continued to brag about his uh you know, faithfulness towards Xi Jinping in public forum. He was calling Xi Jinping is the most honest leader, <laughs> the most trusted leader, uh, the best leader. I mean, he has, uh, publicly expressed his solidarity and uh, for Xi Jinping and uh, asked Xi Jinping to like, uh, you know, give him a chance to 
uh, work for him, for his China dream. I mean, these are all public resource. Uh, I mean, so no exaggeration. I mean, no makeup. So I think uh, there is something going on. I mean, I just, uh, uh, especially when it comes to like uh, me and uh, China aid, I mean, we, we kind of uh, certainly, uh, we, we, we did not have any uh, dealings with uh, any Communist Party member, you know, Communist Party, or he accused me one thing, he said, oh, Bafu uh, has traveled back and forth to China, accepting CCP's millions of dollars money. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you think our law enforcement, the CIA didn't know that if, right. if I traveled once at China. Right. And, um, and also, I mean, the, the, the China aid is a 501c3 uh, organization with annual third party auditing. I mean, we, He's right. just a joke, uh, but he because he's uh, brainwashing millions of his fans, and he was able to mobilize this this mobs and uh, surrounding my house. They're not uh, interested in reasonable dialogue or or you know just to try to know the truth. They're just trying to throw out their uh, their their propaganda and slander uh, using their uh, social media, GTV, G media six hours a day in front of my house doing this propaganda. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, we've, we've kind of, in the, in the U.S. side of things, at least, we've kind of gotten to where, um, going back to, you know, kind of 9-11, post-9-11 world, um, you could trace it back further, I guess, to the, the Cold War, but at least in my lifetime, in the post-9-11 world, we're always looking for a real imminent threat, you know, and so um, after 9-11, obviously, we had one with the, um, with, um, you know, going to Afghanistan and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, but since then, you know, there's not been a whole lot that's really happened. It's been uh, a lot of stuff that we've kind of hyped up, and it feels like right now the tension between the U.S. and China, which I don't, I don't believe we're going to war, but um, American drone was kind of conditioned to always be looking for an enemy, and that's a bad spot to be in because uh, we want friends, not enemies. That's right. I mean, so we, we are the freedom fighters. You know, we, if China becomes a, a freer and a more democratic country, it will be not only a blessing to this 1.4 billion Chinese, but really it's going to be the blessing uh, for the whole world. I mean, look at what China's uh, penetration into the uh, Africa, Middle East, certainly in American society, now in the U.S. soil, they would uh, mobilize their people to attack people. Um, I mean, the, these uh, democracy fighters. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a wake-up call. I think uh, this uh, case. I mean, that uh, if nothing else uh, can uh, become uh, can be accomplished, I think uh, uh, I just pray that God can use this occasion to wake up you know, our sleeping souls, uh, our mind, that uh, the communist threat is real. I mean, it's uh, already uh, near our door. And so, you know, for you, the roles have reversed. Obviously, you've been trying to help the persecuted in China. Now you're kind of being persecuted in the States. How has that experience been like? Um, what's been different? Is it to kind of, you know, trying to, you go from trying to help folks who are living it every day to kind of being stuck in the bubble yourself, as it will? How, how's that felt? Yes, I think, I mean, this changed some of the perspective uh, I have. I mean, it used to be like, uh, okay, you know, we are here in the free land of the free and we mm -hmm. have the freedom. 
of speech and uh, we just uh, bring resources and uh, bring our words to the public square, uh, to the international arena to speak up for them. And now I myself as a freedom fighter uh, has uh, to uh, kind of uh, ask you, um, Ryan, as uh, from your platform to speak up for the persecuted in the United States. Right. I mean, what a sea change. Uh, so I think uh, I told my, my children who has to cut off their school and uh, to, into hiding because of this credible threat. I mean, this is a, uh, they need to understand this is a price uh, for freedom. I mean, the, the, the father uh, is uh, engaging and uh, Los Angeles police actually went to one of the uh, uh, Tiananmen Square student uh, leaders who spent over 10 years in prison, in prison and exiled to Los Angeles. So he's, he's also on the hit list. His house had been surrounded by these mobs uh, for over two weeks already with the twin uh, kind of a teenager, 14 year old children, they couldn't understand why for two weeks they could not get out of their home uh, to go to school. I mean, but the Los Angeles police told them said, oh, because you have a YouTube channel uh, broadcasting daily for uh, China's uh, freedom uh, with the 150,000 subscribers, those protesters mm -hmm. said, if you shut down your YouTube channel, they will leave. Mm. I mean, that is uh, uh, the revealing uh, kind of a purpose of what they want to accomplish. Sorry about that. That that news article um, that I had open. Sorry, playing a video. Um, yeah. So let, let's um, a couple things here before we let you get out of here. Um, obviously, you guys are trying to go through this. You know, where would you direct folks to that you know be able to follow along? Um, you know, obviously we have the China Aid. Let's see, here's China. ChinaAid.org, you know, so they can find out more about the organization. Um, and then you are on Twitter, I think we said, so we'll link to that. But you know, in the meantime, what's what's next? Is the local authorities there in Midland, um, have they been pretty receptive to you guys? They treat you guys well? Um, you know, or, or, or do you still need support from the local law enforcement or congressional type um, um, folks? Yes, I'm very glad that we live in West Texas, where our local community leaders, church leaders, civil society organizations, our mayor, city government, law enforcement, they're all I mean, united I mean, in defend our freedom. I mean, that our mayor himself personally went to our house and uh, uh, took taking care of ours and uh, making all the kinds of arrangements. and. Uh, we uh, are thankful for the senators like uh, Senator Marco Rubio, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, Congressman Conaway, uh, you know, Congressman Chris Smith, they all spoken up and over 22 international other organizations uh, are also signing up a, a joint letter. And today there will be a major, major freedom rally in uh, one of Midland's largest stadium uh, you know, called Horseshoe Arena mm -hmm. uh, to support our uh, in solidarity. So um, really, uh, we are looking forward, of course, to return uh, to our home peacefully. Uh, I hope uh, soon, if those uh, a threat is removed, and uh, I, you know, the federal level, I just hope they can take action. Really, 
to hold these perpetrators accountable. I mean, to, it's not acceptable, acceptable or freedom of speech uh, if you make a public threat and even taking action with violence against uh, you know this uh, you, those you, you disagree and even you call them uh, public enemies uh, like uh, myself and um, so I, I just uh, think uh, he already crossed the line and those people are disrupting our peaceful neighbors I mean I think uh, something ha something ha has to be done well you know I was, I was thinking as you're talking I know someone who knows Steve Bannon so I will I'm gonna drop that guy a note and say hey Tell, tell Bannon to get his boy to back off. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think he has the swing, but I don't know whether he is able to because he, he got this uh, million dollars contract with this yeah. guy. Then when you are accepting money, you are enslaved. You know, that's the, the biblical principle. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, well, Bob, this has been fantastic. This came up, um, you, we reached out this morning. You made this happen really quick for us. So we appreciate the quick turnaround on that. Um, we will link folks to China Aid so you continue to support folks can support your work over there. And uh, we'll link to the story that we mentioned so folks can kind of follow along there. We wish you the best of luck and we'll be following along. And, you know, next time something breaks or whatever, we'll be love to get you back on to kind of hear where this goes. Hopefully for the sake of you and your family, this can kind of be put to rest and you can get back to doing the good work you're doing before. Thank you, Ryan. Please send me a link once you finish uh, uploading.